Josie DeVidio is a woman on a mission to explore the human experience. With a passion to bring entertaining and informative content to your ears, real talk, real people, this is Josieology. Hey friends, welcome back to Josieology. I'm your host, Josie DeVidio, and today I am chatting with the love coach, Macy Matarazzo from BigHappyLove.com. Macy, welcome to the show. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you. Macy, I am fascinated by your title, Love Coach. How does one become a love coach? And I don't know why I keep saying love like that, but it's kind of like required. (laughs) Very juicy. Yeah. Well, this has been part of my journey in terms of one of the biggest successes I'll say that I've had in my life is to figure out this relationship thing and be able to create meaningful, blissful, lasting love. So that is what I do in the world. So I just called myself a love coach. It could be a relationship coach. There's a lot of different variations, but I like love coach. I like it too. Tell me about this great love of yours, because I know that's central to your work nowadays. Yeah. Well, my story is really about having grown up hearing from my parents, you know, you can do whatever you want, you know, really that empowering us as women to have it all, be it all. And I think that was a lovely thing. And how it ended up manifesting in my life is I really was focused on career and really how can I be that strong, independent woman? So like so many of us, I found myself climbing the corporate ladder, you know, making great money. I had a couple houses, things looked really good, but I didn't have that one thing that I actually really wanted, which was a love relationship. And it was right about around my 40th birthday where it all sort of came to a head and I recognized that I was the only single one of my friends and they were off having babies and creating families and I was still alone that I made a different decision. I decided, you know what, I'm going to figure this out. Was it that you were so busy you didn't have time to meet people or was it that you found yourself in relationships that didn't work? It was a little bit of both. I think part of what I had created as a belief, one was that it wasn't valuable or it wasn't important, or I thought of it like, oh, well, you know, making money is more important. And yet my heart always wanted it. My heart always wanted to have that special person. And I certainly was meeting people, but I also got into this pattern of being able to kind of be what people wanted. And that was something I developed in the corporate world. It's like, okay, you need someone to do that. I'm going to do that. I can figure it out and be that. And that's sort of how I figured out how to make money. And then I realized looking back now that I was doing that in my relationship space too. I really didn't see who I was. I thought, you know, there's no way that actually if someone knew me, that they would actually love me. Like I thought, oh, I'm not sexy enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm way too weird. So I'm too this, too that. So I had the combo of not enough and too much, which is what I see with my clients all the time. And that became a barrier 
because I wasn't even showing up in relationship. I was trying to be something that I thought people would love. Are you saying that it became a barrier for yourself mentally or that it became a problem when you were in the relationships? Like, were you able to get in a relationship, but then it wasn't working because you weren't being yourself? Or were you so much in your head about this that you couldn't even get into the relationship to begin with? Well, there was a lot of different things. I was getting into relationships. I had a collection of three-year, four-year relationships up until I met my husband. And so it wasn't that I wasn't able to meet people, but there were a lot of things that were keeping me from actually creating something that, you know, I really wanted, which one was thinking, okay, well, if this person likes me, I may as well give it a try because, hey, this person likes me or things like, you know, trying to be what I thought a man would want. That was, you know, only sustainable for a little while and also settling for people who really weren't available, like people who weren't even going to ever love me or commit to the relationship fully. So I think a lot of it was just not valuing myself and not really seeing who I was and not even knowing that I was doing all that. What changed in your journey that allowed you to meet and marry your current husband? Well, one interesting pivotal moment happened, which was right before my 40th birthday, I actually met this amazing guy. I thought, okay, I did it. Yay, success. He was rich. He was successful in his work. He was a realtor. He dressed amazing. He was dreamingly handsome and he liked me and he was funny. And (laughs) I thought, okay, this is it. And it just so happened that my family was coming to visit me a couple weeks into it. And I was really excited for them to meet him. And we met up, we had coffee all together And then he went, you know, to do something and we went back to my cute little bungalow in Denver and my parents sat me down and they said, Macy, if you think you're going to keep a man like that, you're going to have to stop being so weird. It was soul crushing. It was like, I'd never experienced my parents in that way. And basically what I heard was that oh, I'm too weird for love. Like there's no one who will love me. I'm just too weird. And what's interesting about that now, because, you know, funny thing, he broke up with me. (laughs) Two weeks later, he just broke up with me totally. I was totally blindsided and devastated about that. And what I realized was, I mean, my parents were right. What they saw in me, the weirdness, the creativity, all of that, I was not even showing him. I was playing this completely different role. So what they knew of me, he never saw. And so they were having a hard time kind of doing the math, which, you know, I interpreted as a whole nother story about me not being able to have love, which is what happens. Right. Make up these stories about, here's another way that I'm not going to have what I want. But, you know, looking back, I realized I just wasn't even being me. So once that happened, that was really the moment that I was like, you know what, I'm either going to commit to being single and just enjoy my life, or I'm going to figure out this relationship thing. And I chose love. And that's when I took some more committed steps 
around relationship. I made it a priority. I did the inner work to really access who I really was and have the confidence and safety and security within me to even share myself. And I got support, which is what I offer people. And basically what I experienced, I share plus more. And I recognized within months that I was attracting a whole new person. And I'll say within less than six months of making that decision, I met my beloved husband. We were engaged three months later and we've had an amazing relationship ever since. And I think that's the key because I know a handful of single ladies um, who are in their 30s and 40s and they're lovely people. But I think a lot of them have their own internal work to do in order to be open to inviting in a true love experience into their lives. You know, some people falsely think that once they've met the one, then their lives are going to get better. They're going to feel better about themselves and all that. And I think that's really untrue. I mean, that's how I can best see it. And I'm not a love expert, but I can see it in people that they think that being in a relationship is really going to solve their problems. Um, If anything, you know, it will complement you in your life, but it may exacerbate your problems because you have a lot of your own inner work to do. you know, And no one, you know, contrary to what the movies say, no one is going to complete you. You have to be your own person and confident in your own self and in your own skin in order to truly be available and invite that into your life. Do you agree? Yes, I totally agree. And I think that's so important. I mean, I am 51. I want to share that because I think a lot of people of my generation can probably relate to that upbringing where we heard a lot of messages of, you know, women can have it all. And then I think that that then really puts a lot of pressure on. And certainly we're not learning about having a relationship of this magnitude ever. Right. So it's not anyone's fault that they're kind of flip-flopping into not so fulfilling relationships. And so that's what I think is super powerful about this work because relationship is really all there is. I mean, we have relationship with everything. And I even remember as a kid learning at summer camp how to make a friend. I mean, you have to learn these things. Right. Or what it looks like to, you know, not bully someone or be mean, like knowing the difference. These are the things that we have to learn. And in love relationship, like you said, it's not going to solve the problems of your life. In relationship, that becomes the beginning of another level of intimacy and care and consciousness in keeping a relationship. So it's a continued process. But I think the point of all of this for me is that there really is a consciousness that's associated with being aware of how you are in life and the world and being able to take care of you and actually know how you can contribute and receive and co-create with another person is one of the most sacred things I think we can create. Macy, when we come back, I want to get into what it's like to be single in this day and age. Yeah. Hey friends, thank you so much for listening to Josiology. If you're enjoying this episode and you haven't already, I would love it if you would subscribe to the show. 
You know, subscribing is free, so you might as well do it. Subscribing lets your phone automatically download new episodes when they get released. And that way you are ready to go wherever you may find yourself with some free time. If you're not sure how to subscribe, head on over to the Josiology Podcast Facebook page. I have videos there that will show you exactly how to do it. Of course, you can always reach out to me on email, which is josie at josiology.com. And it would be my pleasure to help you get subscribed. Thanks again for listening. So Macy, we've been talking about setting yourself up mentally, doing the hard work, the inner work, so that you can be open to experiencing a true love relationship. I wonder though, if in this day and age, it's tougher to find love. I mean, what is your take on that? Because now we have social media and all the technology and all the dating apps. It seems exponentially harder to be authentic in the dating scene. So what can you tell me about that? Well, I would say I'm not necessarily wanting to affirm it being harder. I would just say it's different. And what we want in love, I think, is different. What we're wanting in relationship is different. For most people who come to me, they're really seeking that soulful connection, that almost like a spiritual partner in life. And what our grandparents and our parents experienced probably wasn't any less hard for them, but it was different. Our grandparents were getting connected with single people as part of survival to participate on the farm to help, you know, create food. So there was a completely different experience of relationship then. And then our parents, they had different ways of meeting that probably felt hard to them too. But I'm not even sure our parents were going for that like deep connection that we talk about today, where there's such a focus on consciousness and that sort of spiritual path and love. So the technology is another space. It is part of our life now. It's how we connect. You and I are connecting, doing this across the country, which is so amazing that we can share information in this way. And certainly what the technology brings is another level of need just to learn how to navigate it, to learn how to be in that space in a healthy way. Because, you know, basically these tools are databases. They're just databases. And, you know, they are the roller rink of this time. So it doesn't have to be hard and bad, but I would say that there is an opportunity to learn to navigate these things in an emotionally healthy way. And that does take uh, awareness and tools and consciousness to do that. So the services that you provide uh, as a love coach, are they predominantly inner work, emotional work, mindset things? Is it that kind of interaction? Yes, for sure. I mean, my program that I offer single women who want to do that real deep kind of one-on-one work is including that inner work. So the first phase, I call it, is doing the inner work to create the space so that love can come in. So untangling the ways that we've decided love is from an early age or the misunderstandings we've made about what we can have and who we are and all of the stuff that affects our self-esteem and how we value ourselves. 
Then the second phase is dating. It's meeting people. And like I just said, there are a lot of choices these days. There is a lot to navigate. And if you haven't done the first part of this, it's going to be like throwing yourself into a crazy fox's den, (laughs) like a baby bunny in a crazy fox's den, because it actually heightens the neuroses. It heightens the fears. It heightens the insecurities if you're not equipped emotionally. So the dating phase is another phase that I help people with. So there's more logistical stuff. The first phase, there's a lot of healing work. There's a lot of practices that I use. Some are kundalini yoga, regenerating images and memory, and other tools that work with the subconscious. The second phase, lots of kind of tools and strategies that align with the person because it's very personalized. And then the third phase is, hey, I met someone great. I want to make this, you know, create a foundation that works. So most people find someone and if they're not in a place where they can receive it, they can easily sabotage it, easily, you know, go back to old patterns. So I help people create something different, new possibilities. Now, what advice would you give people who are already coupled up? You know, either they want to reignite their passion and their relationship, or they're looking ahead at, you know, how do I sustain this love relationship that I already have? What do they need to be aware of? I would say from what I've experienced that there's always opportunities to create together. And really, as we grow in life and as life happens, there are challenges. So If you are in a relationship where you have that commitment to work together, then being in a space to continue to explore each other, get to know each other and support each other in helping each other be the best we can be is actually something that takes making some choices to do that. You can easily get into a default of really kind of abuse in some senses, you know, really neglect or not caring. And it it takes actually deciding, hey, I really want to keep this fresh. I really want to create more and doing that together. And that's two people making a decision. I find that, you know, finding someone to work with in that case is also really great where you can learn new skills and tools to support relationship. I mean, Larry and I, my beloved is Larry, um, we do a lot of different things that nurtures our inner work as a couple. And I've been actually blown away at how much more love we've created over time. I, I didn't think that that was possible. And there was times when I would feel like frustrated and thinking, oh, you know, this is the way it's gonna be, but but we've always said to choose love. And so we keep playing and every time we do, it gets better. Now, I know that there are a lot of single women who will listen to this today. And when I say single, I mean, you know, just not in a long-term relationship, right? Because you can either be single because of divorce or a death, or you just never quite found the right person to be with. So I know there are a lot of people who will be listening to this who are single and have kind of given up or they think it's a lost cause. You know, they, they feel like they've dated like every person in the tri-city area and that it's just not for them. What would you say to them? I would say that if they 
continue to have this awareness that they do want to share their life with someone to not give up, you know, to do something different, to be willing to surrender to maybe I can't figure this out on my own because if I could, I would have. And to get the support because if it's something that matters to you, it's worth it. It's worth really getting the support to figure it out because I have heard a million reasons why people think that it's not going to work. The one you just gave is very common (laughs) where we're feeling like, oh, well, he's not here. Well, he definitely doesn't live here. I would have to move or I'd have to do this or all of the ways that we keep ourselves from actually going to the next step. And usually there's a good reason why. Usually there's some wound or pain or something, whether it's known or unknown, that makes that story a really convenient story to keep you safe. I mean, that's how our body works. So first of all, I would say you're not doing anything wrong. There's nothing wrong with you. You're not broken. The relationship's not going to fix you. But what would it be like if you could be able to receive a different possibility and feel that excitement or that anticipation or know that you can have a different experience. And that's really what, you know, I love about love coaching. You know, it strikes me that at the beginning of the show, you talked about how you spent many years in your corporate world and your career, and you invested a lot in that, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, I guess, depending on how you look at it, at the expense of a long-term relationship. But, you know, the fortunate part is you became aware, you did the work, and now you're in a great relationship. But what strikes me is that you had this great career because you invested in it. Mm -hmm. And so it's basically going to take the same level of investment in having a relationship. And when I say that, I don't mean investing in the relationship itself, although that is important, but investing in yourself first so that you can be open to receiving what comes after that. It's so true. I'm so glad you said that because I like to say, you know, just let go of the idea that there's something wrong with you if you need help finding love. I mean, it makes no sense because as resourceful women we are, we would never hesitate not to hire a financial planner. We'd never hesitate not to get the best realtor in town to buy a house. We would never hesitate to do our research for whatever doctor or medical thing that we needed help with. We would not just let it, we wouldn't wing it. We wouldn't just let it go. And yet in the most powerful area of our life, which is our love life, our intimate relationship space, we're just like, oh, I'll just like see what happens. You know, I mean, for God's sakes, you know, nowadays we're ordering our groceries and meal packages to make a dish. We're getting our eyebrows plucked. We're having someone walk our own dogs. So, you know, this is really a blip. And I know for for my clients who have worked with me and now they're in relationship, they're like, I can't even believe I doubted for a second that investment if they did. A lot of people don't, but but it is kind of one of those things that's just unusual. It's like, oh, well, isn't it, isn't Prince Charming just supposed to show up? And I am I supposed to just like drop a hanky and it'll be there? No, if it hasn't happened, take action. That's right. You have this great website called bighappylove.com. And on there, you 
outline all the um, services that you provide. And for my listeners, I call them Josiologists, by the way, Macy. (laughs) For the Josiologists, I know that uh, you're offering a very generous promo code for some select items on your website. So if you are interested in exploring this further, I would encourage you to go to Macy's website, bighappylove.com. Check out what she has to offer. Use the promo code Josiology to receive 25% off select items. And, you know, she also hangs out on social media. You want to tell everyone where you are on Facebook and Instagram? Sure. I have a group on Facebook called Big Happy Love, The Playful Path to Love. So that's a group for women to join. I'm certainly on Facebook, Macy Matarazzo. It says Macy Harjo Matarazzo. And I'm on Instagram at Macy underscore big underscore happy underscore love. So please connect with me in any way you like. I love meeting new women and I'm, I'm available. Like I, I want to meet you. So awesome. And Macy will also be joining us in our Josiology podcast, private Facebook group. She'll be our love expert in there. So if you have any questions for her, um, you're welcome to join us in the private Facebook group. If you're not in the Josiology private Facebook group already, you should join today so you can meet Macy and you'll need a password to get in and the password will be big love. Macy, thank you so much for coming on to Josiology today to share your expertise with us and to give women everywhere hope that there is love for them. They just have to invest in themselves just like they would do in any other areas of their lives and they are worth it. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for listening to Josiology. Be sure to visit Josiology.com to access the show notes and discover fantastic bonus content. To join the conversation, find us on Facebook or Instagram with username at Josiology Podcast. Thanks for tuning in.